Ladies and gentlemen and everyone in between, welcome back to the Invincible FC podcast. Um, Connor, today we are going to discuss Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they won a pretty big game this past weekend. Uh, they scored three goals, three whole big boy goals in one match. Yeah, usually that takes Chelsea like a five month? or six matches to do that. So. <laughs> yeah, a whole month of play usually to, to yeah. get three goals in the net. But they did all three in one game, which was big. And, they, of course, now they got the win. Frank's first win back in charge of Chelsea. Um, Man, what a streak he was on. Oh, my Lord, dude. Poor Frank, man. He seems like a nice guy. He, you know, he doesn't. He didn't seem like a bad dude. He seems like he's fine, but he really struggles. You know, I mean, he he has some tough times managing some Premier League teams. That's definitely, it's definitely not not his his strong suit. I think scoring goals was his strong suit. Managing maybe not so much. No. Um, I mean, he could still prove us wrong. You know, what I mean, Frank Lampard could go off, have a coaching renaissance, and come back and be the man. Lord knows that weirder stuff has happened. I don't know. Um, I think he needs to lay low from coaching for a bit. You yeah, know, go go coach in Japan or something, man. Like you know, shake it up a little bit. No, I'm thinking like, you know, Paraguay. Take, take a suit in, or take a seat in uh, you know the commentators booth. You know, go to Sky. Tony Romo. It. Okay, like yeah. you know. He could Tony Romo. It. He would probably have good analysis. Yeah. Well, it's not even Tony Romo. There's already you know. Carragher and uh, Gary Neville, Roy Keane, like Ian Wright, Alan Shearer. They're all already doing it. You know, just, just join the players you played with yeah, and against. I guess that's fair. <laughs> I feel like Lampard's a different level, though. I mean, not, the, not the, some of those, those icons, but like Lampard's a different, like a little bit of a different era from some of them, more recent than most of those people. So yeah, he might have he, more relevant experience. Either way, we're talking way too much about Frank Lampard's potential um, punditry. Um, <laughs> on to the match. Uh, Connor Gallagher, Benoit Badishil, and Zhao Felix all managed to score goals. Um, although most of the match spent 1-1, Badishil's uh, eventual winner and Felix's night-night goal both come after the 80th minute mark, 82 and 86 respectively. Um, Chelsea... Showed a little bit of resolve, I guess. Won this match with some spirit? Personality? Mm. I don't know if I'd say personality, but resolve. Yeah, I think, you know, they won a match. It was bound to happen, you know. <laughs> Even though my favorite thing about this season as, you know, a supporter of a team that's had a disappointing season as well, that my favorite thing to do was check Chelsea's results just yeah. to make me feel mm-hmm. a little bit better mm-hmm. about yeah. being a Liverpool fan. I'm sorry to Chelsea fans, but you know, they were definitely the feel good story of the year for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's a statement. Uh, it's hard not to call Fulham the feel good story of the year, though, no? I mean, they can be, but Chelsea are for a different reason. Yeah, that's fair. I think Fulham will end up being the feel-good story of this season's campaign. Really, everyone expected them to go right back down, and they, and they performed really, really well. I don't but know, Brighton losing their manager early in the season and then, you know, proving that it was Deserby's the man, bro. Deserby is, you know. He's such, a, he's such a king. Yeah. I love that guy. I think that's another feel-good story of the year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Graham Potter, L. <laughs> um, but regardless... Um, 
what what I really wanted to ask you about, it's all well and good that Chelsea, you know, are back on the horse goal scoring wise. I don't think that it really matters, to be honest with you, because they keep, won't even finish the season with 50 points. Mm. Um, what about next year? There's a lot of people saying there's a lot of good players in that squad. If they can find a good manager and maybe chop and change a few sales because they, they're bloated right now and yes. get a, a goal scorer if Lukaku comes back from loan and reintegrates or they sell him and get somebody else, that Chelsea could compete next year. I mean, maybe not for a title, but to get back into the Champions League. Is that realistic in your eyes? I think it's realistic that they compete for Europe. I don't know if it's realistic that they compete for the top four because Newcastle is going to get stronger. Liverpool is going to get stronger. Um, Arsenal is probably also going to try to strengthen them, themselves. Man City is Man City. Um, like, I Man think United will look to bolster. Yeah, Eric Man has been a good building point for that team. Yeah, like, I like I think there's too much traffic at the top, and like they have a lot to figure out. Like I, I don't see it being very realistic that like Chelsea like come out the block swinging next season. Like I think they're gonna struggle. They're gonna have to find ways to work together early on because like they have a lot of talent in this team, but they're gonna have to get rid of a lot of this team mm. and still bring in like they're still bringing in new players. Like they already have players that they've signed that are coming in this summer as well. So yeah. like. They're going to have growing pains. So, like, I just don't see them, like, really being a true top four contender. But definitely, like, can be competitive for Europe. Yeah. I mean, Chelsea's going to be a player store this summer, no? I mean, they have to sell so many people to get under the FFP rules for the three-year period that it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, Christian Pulisic almost certainly out the door. A number of that, you know, Kai Havertz probably gone. Um, yeah, Hakim Ziyech definitely gone. They tried to Ziyech sell him already. Definitely gone. Um, yeah, no, so many of those players out the door for sure. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really, really interesting to see what Chelsea even looks like next year as a team because some of those players it's not really clear. You know, a player like Connor Gallagher, you could see him staying, you could see him going. They also have like they need a, a lot of, of very old players as well. Conte's yeah. past his prime. Well, their only they, good defenders like, are like. Older than my dad. Tiago Silva, like those guys are really old. Dude, I'm I'm not kidding you. Those guys are like my dad's age. I'm yeah. kidding, but uh, they're they're ancient. I mean, yeah. in soccer terms, anyways. The it, the only good defenders they have are like Rudiger, Tiago Silva. Those players. Rudiger's gone. Oh, Rudiger's gone, right? Yeah, but um, Rudiger was good last year, and then they lost him. Um, I mean, they did sign Fofana. I was thinking of um, fucking Koulibaly. Yeah. Because he's old, too. Oh, yeah. Kula Wally's still But Ashile gets the goal in this game. Young, good young center back. Didn't really get many minutes up to this point. Mm-hmm. I want, You almost wonder if there's going to be some regret from uh, Grand Potter for not integrating him into the squad more. Because uh, he does look promising. Um, like you said, Wesley Fofana is a good player. He, they signed him. He's young. Young talent. Uh I mean, this, this Chelsea squad is not lacking young talent. That's one thing that's no. for certain. It's but you've got to picking think, what talent works for our manager, system going forward. You got to think new manager. They need for sure um, new goalkeeper because this this Kepa or Mendy debate they both suck now. So you got to get somebody new. Um, they need a goal scorer. They, there's a lot of problems to address in this team. Yeah, they need Reese James to be healthy. Yeah, 
and we'll see what happens. Ben Chilwell. Oh my God, it's 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 rough. It's not yeah. looking good. Um, but yeah, I I I am of the opinion that they do have the quality in their team that if they get a good manager, they can make a push for top four. I don't know if it's realistic that they'll actually do it, but I think it's it's kind of insane to see, like I mean, so much of like success in soccer can be predicted by wage bill right mm-hmm. and Chelsea have such a bloated wage bill and I mean are still going to have a high wage bill even after they make these sales that they're going to this summer that you've got to think eventually that's going to come through for them not like that just throwing more money at your players makes them play better but they have good young players and that's why they're paying them a lot of money yeah but I mean that doesn't also necessarily work out I mean look at Manchester United ever since Alex Ferguson left like that having a bloated wage bill also like puts you in a cycle of can put you in a cycle of underperformance if it's not well spent. Yeah, that's true. Um I mean, so we'll have to see with some of these guys. I don't know. I think they aren't one of the main teams in the conversation. Like they are a team that could do it, but when most people make their top 4 predictions for next season, they won't they're not going to be one of the teams in the in the list. Yeah, I guess the long and the short of it is the ending message of this podcast. Chelsea have a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do, but hey, I mean, like they should, like, still be competing for Europe. Yeah, that's like, they true. do have the talent, like, but mm. you know. Yeah, fair enough. We'll see what happens. All right, well, Connor, thanks for joining me again, Josh. We hope your finals are going well. Um. We'll see you folks for one more pod. Uh, Connor and I have cooking up for you. He's going to enjoy that one a lot. All right, peace.